0: Amen. Are you happy this morning? Because I'm very happy this morning. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John. John chapter 4, only two verses, 23 and 24. Chapter 4, Verses 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In today's society, most people are leaving out of breath lives. We scramble to make too many appointments. There are too many choices. And we try to fulfill too many obligations. By the end of the day, we are without breath. On December the 8th, 2023, the Center for Disease Control released the first estimate of the amount of people in the United States suffering with chronic fatigue syndrome. This illness causes the person to feel tired at all times. It's an exhaustion beyond physical fatigue. It weighs down the spirit, leaving the person with feelings of regret and dissatisfaction, the number of adults affected by this syndrome, listen to this, is 3.3 million people. That's a staggering number. Perhaps one of the reasons why this is happening is because we were designed for a different way of life. You and I were created in the image of God. The psalmist said, It is in vain that you rise up early and go to bed late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved see, we were created for God's good pleasure. In the classic words of the West, uh, Westminster Catechism, man's chief and end of purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. This enjoyment, however, seems far out of reach today even for the most committed follower of Christ. However, there is hope for change. The answer is learning to worship God in spirit and in truth. Worship can be one of the most practical activities in our lives. In the book titled "Work, Play and Worship in a Leisure-oriented Society, Gordon Dow writes, "Most middle-class people in America tend to worship their work, work at their, at their play, and play at their worship." As a result, their meanings and values are distorted. Their relationships disintegrate as faster than they can keep them in repair. And their lifestyle resembles a cast of characters in search of a plot. In our society, they just meet up, check up, Break up, meet up, shuck up, break up, and on and on and on. The cycle just goes on to find out that they're still not satisfied. But you know what? There's nothing new under the sun. This was the same situation that this Samaritan woman that Jesus was having the conversation with was in. The inverted relationship between what we value and what is truly valuable lies at the very heart of our culture's confusion and stress. The way out is worship. This is the answer that Jesus gave the Samaritan woman. Let me set the scene for you. Jesus was in Judea, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, the the teachers of the law, were really harassing him because he was breaking the rules every so often. And so he decided to go to Galilee with his disciples, and he also decided to take the way that led him through Samaria to get to Galilee The distance from Judea to Galilee was approximately 70 miles, two-and-a-half-day journey by foot. Now, the Jewish people did not like the Samaritans. They did not get along, so they wouldn't have done that. How perhaps you know that Jesus is a friend of sinners. And he had a very important meeting there. He stopped at Jacob's well for some water while the disciples went to get the lunch. And it was there where he had one of the most transformative conversations recorded in the New Testament. By doing so, Jesus broke all the rules. Because rabbis um, of his day had little to do with women, especially in public. And again, Samaritans were considered to be heretics. They did not associate. As the woman was drawing water from the well, Jesus asked her for a drink. And of course she said, whoa, I I know you're, you're... A Jew and and a man, I cannot be talking to you. Besides, she did not have a good reputation. She did not have much purpose in her life. Her lifestyle and poor choices had made her an outcast. She had experienced failure many times in different areas in her lives. She too had been looking for love in all the wrong places. You know what I mean? (laughs) Though she lived as an outcast amidst a hostile environment, she still had a deep thirst and hunger, deep down in her soul, for a meaningful life, and meaningful relationships, for acceptance. And none of that has she been able to find in any of the dysfunctional relationships that she had had. Truth be told, from the cradle to the grave, we all need L-O-V-E. That's why God ordained marriage. He instituted it to be a covenantal relationship where a man and a woman become one flesh. And vow to love and to care for one another. Jesus knew the truth about this woman, because he knows it all. Just like he knows the truth about each and every one of us. He sees us without the makeup, without the mask, without the performance. He sees us right as we are. And guess what? He still loves us. Jesus delved into the matters of her marital life. Wanting to stay away from it. Wanting to stay away from that subject. The woman redirects the conversation to the disputes between the Jews and the Samaritans. And wanting to change the conversation. But Jesus brought her back to what is truly important, salvation. Because you see, if we have not experienced the love of God for ourselves in our hearts, we will not be able to honor him with our lives. It is in this context that Jesus tells her that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And he's seeking for true worshipers even today. Perhaps you're wondering, what is worship? I thought that that was just something that we come to. No, there's more in the book title Rediscovering the Missing Jewel the author defines worship as an active response to God whereby we declare his worth worship is not passive but participative it's not a mood but a response. Worship is not a feeling. Well, I don't feel like worship today. Worship is a declaration. It is a celebration. And Jesus lets the woman know, and all of us, that a significant transition had taken place, a shift concerning worship. He said, the hour is now. Worship is no longer a ritual as it was for the teachers of the law. Instead, worship, it's a personal experience. One of my favorite uh, authors, A.W. Tozer, stated, worship is a personal love experience I was blessed to attend a worship service a few Sundays ago in the evening and it was a prayer concert Um, different churches from this area were coming together and their praise bands and all that and when that worship time began it was I was telling one of my prayer partners it was like you could taste the holiness of God. There were a lot of young families and children. Those children weren't running around. When I looked to the side like that, there was this young girl just kneeling down, worshiping God Almighty. And I thought to myself, oh Lord, how I want that because that is worship it is a declaration of our love for the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit beloved worship is a priority for a healthy church today Jesus is still seeking worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. If we worship in truth, but our spirits are not involved, then it's just a ritual. There's no passion. Our hearts is not in it. We come in empty and we exit the doors empty as well. You see, the praise band does not come here Sunday morning to perform. It's not like they got a gig like they did Saturday night. And No, the choir does not come here to perform. You do not come here to watch or see or experience a performance we come to worship to give worth to glorify to adore the king of kings jesus christ in revelation chapter 4 we get glimpses of a worship service in heaven and he says that all the creatures are worshiping god day and night Night and day. They never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy to receive all honor and glory and power, for you created all things. I believe that you and I can still worship that way here. Because you see, he created us with a craving for worship. For a sacred moment in time when our spirit touches his spirit and we surrender ourselves to his presence and to his love. And then he breathes on us the breath of his presence. No other relationship can satisfy that craving. Only God can do that. Something powerful takes place in the life of an individual In the life of a church, when true worship becomes a continual event in their lives, we begin to live and to operate out of the overflow of sincere worship. And this produces in us what is called reflected glory. Others can see Jesus in us, and they're going to want what we have. The foundations for a healthy church, a clear vision, fellowship, coming together, discipleship, being involved in small groups, studying the word evangelism, sharing the good news of the gospel with others, and worship. The mandate is clear, beloved. The question is, are we willing to follow the instructions? This is the blueprint. I know there's a lot of people that like to build stuff without reading the instructions. And then at the end you have four or five screws or pieces left and you're wondering, I know I see some spouses looking at their husband, I'm not saying, wondering what happened. You didn't follow the instructions. It's the same thing with the church. If the church is dying, somehow, somewhere, We have not followed the instructions. Again, the question remains, are we willing to follow the instructions and worship God for who he is? King of kings and Lord of lords. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this, your church. We thank you for your people. We thank you for instituting marriage. And today, we thank you for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon this church and upon all these families, Lord. Upon all these marriages, their children, the the seed, Lord. Your word says, I was old, I was young, and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread Lord we hold on to your promises and we ask you today to give us a heart of worship that everything we do Lord indeed any in word would bring to would be to bring you honor and glory for only you are worthy of our praises you are our Lord and King thank you Lord for no one has ever loved us like you have loved us pour your love upon us today so that we can continue to be conduits of your love as we go into the world and we share the good news That you are still looking for worshipers who will worship you, honor you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.